episode nine. Happy Super Bowl Sunday, everybody, and you're welcome, Super Bowl, for not hosting this live so you can keep your viewership. UFC 156 was last night, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is in fact easier from outside the cage. Of course, on the line, Raf Esparza. Raf, how are you doing? Not well. Why is that, Raf? <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I didn't see yesterday's fights. I'm sorry. Uh, you, you sort of trailed off there, and I even have gen- engineered headphones. I almost couldn't get out engineered. <laughs> Hard to insult you mid uh, thing if I can't use the right words. That is Why correct. is that, Raph? Yeah, you didn't see the fights? Is that what you said? Yeah, I didn't see them. <laughs> Boy, I couldn't not see them because there was this huge 80-inch screen in front of me. <laughs> we all get uh, the it. The buffalo wings weren't great, but I did get to watch. I was basically the size of the different fighters. And let me tell you, Bigfoot Silva, uh, he's terrifying on an 80-inch screen. I would assume I'm so, be able yeah. To sleep. Uh, well, no, before we get pissed, to all yeah. that, yeah. I was going to say the internet is buzzing, buzzing about your ultimate the ultimate fighter show reviews if you really? didn't hear the show last week and you're just tuning in raf does uh, i i think there's going to be an mma award in your future oh, i hope so <laughs> no need to hope raf <laughs> uh i'm sure of it lock it in so here we go we are going to give uh raf the uh, review. So that's the big thing we're doing right now. In addition to announcing a drinking game that if you've played by the rules, you're going to get super wasted. We also have these reviews. Are you ready to go? Uh, you know, <laughs> I think so. I think I'm ready. Warning. This is the one minute review of The Ultimate Fighter. Brace yourselves, because here we go. Previously on The Ultimate Fighter, Dana White says, I don't know whether fighting in front of a family helps or hurt, and I don't fucking care. No theme music this season? What happened? The Red Hot Chili Peppers want too much money? Hey, everybody, get a load of this house. Question, how many Ultimate Fighters does it take to open a door? Answer, half of Team Jones. Oh, no, everyone hates Gilbert. A day in the life of Team Jones. Sprawl! Gilbert's cardio could be better, but why did John Jones pick me to go first? Is this an episode of The Ultimate Fighter or Intervention? And we have our first, I miss my wife and kids, take a drink. And now we're with Team Sonnen. Rack, chill. I know where they're tired when my body feels like my body is tired. Rack. Go team dark side. Rack. Then Shale follows the guys back to the fighter's house. Guess he wants to just bro out. Chael, though, has a teacher's pet, lanky Dr. Hoon. I ain't never been good at nothing, and my dad knows what it's like to be a fighter because he's a Jehovah's Witness. Weird. Chael, a great fighter is when both <laughs> fighters truly believe they're going to win, so I have no idea why I've still had so many lackluster fights. John Jones, yeah, look at all that muscle, baby. Even more weird. Dana calls out John Jones' coaching strategy. Gilbert Smith, I gotta die. I don't like hurting people, however, if by proxy, if I choke or kill someone, then vis-a-vis that is the requirement to win. Round one. A nut shot starts the fight. Gilbert with the takedown. Lots of takedowns. Lots of reversals. These two couldn't look more unevenly matched. And a knee slows Gilbert down. John Jones rushes to quiet his team. There's too much screaming at the octagon. What do you take these people for? Ultimate fighters? Round two. Distance is a motherfucking bitch. And after some more back and forth, Luke ends it with a flying knee that looks more like a skipping knee. And the fight is done. Dana, that matchup was really bad and all John Jones' fault. He almost killed him. And the first call out, Bubba McDaniel decides to take matters into his own hands. You gotta be pissed off for greatness. 
whatever the shit that means. Next week on The Ultimate Fighter, Uriah Hall versus Adam Sella. I think he looks at me because I'm like a little kid, but like, not like I act like one, even though I'm complaining like a little kid. And I'm spent. <laughs> hey! Well done, Rafa Sparza. Good. Uh, I actually, how, what was the time on that? Oh, you weren't timing it? I, I had it somewhere north of a minute 30. I stopped timing after we hit I'm a minute I'm pretty 30. sure that was a minute. Okay, yeah, sounds right. Yeah, I, I must have just, you know, misread the time. I do that from, from <laughs> I misread the stopwatch. Start and Yeah, I must have and... not been looking at the clock as it crossed over a minute 30 he seconds. Said, how I does just this get work? lost. I'm just going to give you... It's fine. It's fine. It works. So, the show's amazing. Yes. And I, I'm i actually looking forward to when Dana finally hears these, because I'm pretty sure he's going to call you in to uh, do these live on the show. And <laughs> I'm even more excited, because that means John Jones is going to punch you in the face. Well, I, hey, hey. John Jones is well-established as not liking me. So, that's fine. Yeah. You guys you guys go way back, way back. with that beef. Yep. Uh, no, you actually, you get a, despite the jokes, a shockingly good recap of The Ultimate Fighter. The show's gotten, it's amazing though. I, I love it. I love the Nike commercials that mm. we talked about, that high def sort of look. Do you, can you come up with a reason why John Jones picks that fight? Uh, I was wondering if Gilbert Smith did something to him. Because that was the only oh, reason. you think it was personal? I don't know. I mean, honestly, I was trying to figure it out. I think we both talked about this as just a coaching strategy. What was the purpose of putting that kid up against a reach that he can never split the difference from? Did he just believe in his ability to take him down that much? It, you, you almost worry that John Jones is just so used to it working for him mm-hmm. that maybe he just thought because he's their coach they'll just they'll figure it out they'll overcome it but yeah god that was weird for those that didn't see and you want a little bit more details um it was basically a guy that's five five nine five ten a little stock here against a six foot six fighter six foot five six foot six somewhere yeah. in that that vicinity so an odd matchup and boy did his team let him know god damn. what is going on with team jones could you imagine though stepping into a room and they go uh raf uh, we want to talk with you. Okay, w- what's up, guys? Uh, you're not a good fighter. And uh, <laughs> we we don't have any solutions for you. Uh, we know it's your dream. Uh, we know your kids bought you a flag to tell you uh, that they love you and All of your whatever. Ones. But, uh, yeah, that flag doesn't mean anything because you're a piece of shit as a fighter. Oh, thanks, guys. Okay, well, now I've got more confidence to get into this fight and uh, <laughs> make it good for everybody. Yay, thanks. Go team. And let's be clear, you're gonna lose. You are going to lose. Yeah, I agree. It was uh, it was pretty bad, um, but another great week. The Ultimate Fighter, another great review, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, more of this. You know, I'd like to think oh, that uh, my dog's joining the podcast. You know, your dog has way more insightful commentary than you do, so I, I welcome it. <laughs> She's a huge fan of the Ultimate Fighter. Who is she it? Happened to watch it. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Especially, did, did they get new producers? I meant to research this and then, you know, like most <laughs> things, just didn't. I meant to but research this. they have this, to have a new production a team. Mm. <laughs> yeah, then I found uh, something else to watch. Corn. No, they have to have new producers. The show's just gotten too much, too better. I think also, too when better. you get a show like this on 
uh, FX as opposed to Spike TV. I, I really want to meet some Spike TV executives because I'm pretty sure they're too busy playing foosball. Uh, they're just like, hey, man, did you put on A Thousand Ways to Die or some shit? I don't know. <laughs> bro, 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 but seriously, did we get the, like, first syndication rights of Wipeout? That's all I want to know, bro. But at least uh, with FX, that's got to be how the Spike. It, Sorry, I think you, you just tickled me because uh, I think that's uh, how Spike runs things. Spike is just run by one giant fraternity. The question is who. <laughs> uh, oh, but for the FX, they're a network, and I think the the biggest thing that r- matters to them is results. So when you have a network that's used to doing scripted television, you have network executives who are giving them notes like more interesting fighters sure. or. Tell us more about their stories. And, and really, that's the narratives that you end up getting in there. That's why you get those moments that are touching about, like, you know, oh, my kids, they got to believe in me. Uh, yeah, versus Spike would have been like, do not show that. These guys are fighters. You don't you have to show him kids. crying like a bitch in the yard. People are going to totally not watch next week. Yeah, I just like the idea that Spike TV's like, look, we don't even acknowledge our kids because most of our dads who watch this network hate their kids. So don't ever mention that. Definitely. All right. I'm done making Well, that wraps our, our ultimate. No, I'm with you. And your ever-loving hatred of Spike. Next week, we'll do Fuel. So we've Tight. got big fights last night across the board. They were really uh, sprucing this up as that everyone on the main card had highlighted an event. Yeah. But before we get to this supposedly star-studded event, Raph, you had a statement you'd like to make? Okay. Um, fight fans, MMA fans, UFC fans, I think you all share my pain on this. Now, I like to consider myself a pretty good planner. Um, I have a calendar that says UFC fights on my calendar. My girlfriend and I have a calendar that we share where it says every UFC fight that's coming down. So that there's never any dispute, there's never any kind of, uh, of forgetting it. So I'm very good with planning for UFC events. There's no last-minute surprises like, oh, nope. no, I really need to go to the mall and buy pants. You know, <laughs> right. Okay. I need to go to the mall and buy pants for three hours. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. It's, uh, it's a very well, well-thought-out process for me. But I think you share my pain when you have that awkward moment when you realize you're not going to get to see the fights. I think this has happened to every UFC fan <laughs> It's not just me. I know I'm not alone, okay? I know that for sure. But yesterday, the way it worked was I had made plans. It was going fine. And then, as it always does, something happened. And, of course, it's my family. They wanted to get together and, like, go to dinner. But they wanted to delay it. Yay, family. It's always the family's fault. So, And it's always hard to explain to your family. It's like, look, yes, I love you, but I really want to watch this UFC fight because they always take it as like a you're choosing this yeah. UFC 156. It's like there are fights every weekend. You know? Right. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> and it's tough because you also don't want to have to subject your entire family to like sitting and asking how you're doing. Especially these fights. Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah, give me a second. Uh, his eyeball came out of his socket. That was pretty cool. What else, Dad? <laughs> what were we talking about? Uh, so, yeah, so yesterday I had one of those dates, and it's one of those things where there's nothing you can do to fix it. But you know that moment when you're resigned to the fact where you go, I'm not going to get to see it, and I'm a little sad. And the best thing that you can do 
is, is text I like you to, pictures yeah, of the 80 inch <laughs> screen that I was watching the fights on. Yes, Kevin and all of his uh, infinite <laughs> niceness decided to text me a picture of the 80 foot screen. Now, was Kevin drunk enough that it wasn't offensive? Maybe. Yeah, 50 50. It's hard to. I certainly I, I got, got there, as you can tell by my <laughs> tweeting. But I don't know if you guys know this, too, but when you depend on other people to give you that information, it's kind of terrifying as well when you just assume that your co-host is drunk yeah. and on a way later time schedule than you are. So he's had a time to put away a few. So you're just like, man, I'm hinging on the sobriety of my co-host, and I don't know how well this is going to go. So when you ask Kevin, you're like, hey, how are the fights going? Great! Oh. Awful. Just like singular <laughs> describing adjectives and nouns. Nothing that really paints a picture. Yeah. Now, mind yeah. you, I'm not above this because I did this the last time to you. So yeah. I understand what this feels like. Um, but I, I just want to create a collective movement. And I don't know where it starts or how it, it goes further from here. But I think there should be a resource if you can't watch the fights. And you know what, Kevin? I think I've got an idea of how you can fix it. How's that? You follow Verbal Tap on Twitter, and we will take care of you. Well, you just find them at Verbal Tap Cast on Twitter? Yep, you find wow. you find supporters and followers. Because if I'm not watching, it stands a good chance that Kevin's watching. Pretty and good if chance. neither of us is watching, and, then and we will about retweet. to recap these fights for you for free, which the exactly. UFC is still not doing. Yeah, exactly. And even when we're on Twitter... We will retweet the shit out of other people's stuff to give you the information. So we're always with you guys somehow. But like I said, Meticulous Planner, really good at doing it. So I will make sure somehow someone is covering the verbal tap knowledge base. It's just not always going to be him. You will like this, though. I I was – we walked into the sports bar first. The first place we went to, and it's just this maybe 15-year-old. I swear he looked 10 behind the thing. He's probably like 18, 19. Yeah. I said, hey, are you guys carrying the fights tonight? It's 10 o'clock, ref. It's 10 o'clock <laughs> here on the East Coast. I'm walking in. It's 9.55. Uh, I've got, like, my iPad, and I'm just like, hey, are you guys uh, – are the fights on? And the kid literally breathes out, gives me the sympathetic head tilt, and goes – you see, the thing is, this is a family establishment. Oh, yeah. So we don't carry fights of any kind. Quick pause. Here's what's on the screens surrounding the bar where there are, wait for it, zero children. Other than this little shit that's talking to me and giving me the judgment sympathetic <laughs> head tilt. See, the thing is, this is a family. Est- I can nearly rear naked him. I, I was almost like, and here's why you don't. Just say you don't want the fight crowd in here. I'm so happy. Don't give me that. some lip service about the fucking, this is a family establishment. Hockey. There were three different hockey games going on. <laughs> There was old football being played. They had a boxing match in the. They don't. They don't show fights, but they have ESPN. It's like you stupid little. So we just walked out. We were like, "Oh well, That's go good. fuck yourselves." Then I am pretty happy though uh, that your method of showing why they don't show violence in a bar. <laughs> is to then choke out the individual. <laughs> but I only have a violence. scant 80 pounds on. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, you know what? I think that actually is a separate <laughs> issue and one that really uh, merits our time. I, I would be willing to go in-depth on that on another podcast of these bars who think they're too fucking good to play this because I could have, essentially, there were enough TVs where I was at. I went to a place called BJ's out here in uh, LA, which is a chain, 
And they've given me that same thing to the point where when I went there a couple weeks ago, I think for the FX fights that you were watching, and then I did a, a next day uh, watching, I asked this waitress, you know, I was walking by, and my girlfriend very nicely just goes, oh, he'd like to see the fights. And I look at her and I go, don't waste your breath. They're, they're, they're going to pull this family establishment bullshit on you. And what I can I can justify that? exactly why on three of these screens, why you could watch fights. Yeah. And, and it's just like, it's 10 o'clock. Yeah. This is a bar. <laughs> like, is that why you're open till 2 a.m. tonight? Because this is a family establishment? Like, I just, I hate it when people lie to me. Just tell me yeah. you don't like the fight crowd. That's fine. That's great, I accept that answer. Idea. You know what we should do? We should open that up. Hey, listeners. Yeah. The dozens and dozens of you out there. All if, 17 of you. Exactly. If you guys have a suggestion on how you've gotten around this in the past, we would be more than happy to compile these and uh, dedicate a little time in a segment uh, in a podcast in the future. I think that'd be a great segment because I have yeah. such hatred for that. We're still blinded by anger, as you can tell. Yeah. So let's get to the fights. UFC 156 ended great, started boring, middle, kind of boring. And if you were listening to the fans, you got a pretty good a pretty good idea of how the fights were going, which, you know. Uh, but if you were listening to the fans, you probably saw the fights. So and you probably get audio on it. Here's what we're going to do, and this may be a little different. I'm actually going to interview Kevin about these fights. Uh, since I didn't really, really get uh, that much, uh, that much out of it. I did see uh, the preliminary cards, though. I was watching on Facebook. I had enough time to sneak that part out uh, while I was seething at my friends and family. Yeah, uh, and the best part is they knew to leave me alone at that point. <laughs> like they knew I was that pissed already that they just left me in the room by myself. And if they wanted me, they actually texted me. That was a, a great moment. Uh, the Francisco Rivera and Edwin Figueroa uh, fight was pretty cool. Uh, if mainly that I got to see uh, Francisco. He's from where I'm from. He's like literally uh, a town over from where I grew up in the 626. Really? So that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that, that actually is cool when you see people. That, uh, I, it just even location. There was a guy that's from uh, where I went to school in Manhattan, Kansas, fought on Bellator. And I felt pride. I hear it. You, know, you just feel yeah. pride. Well, the other thing, and I don't know if you do this, but when I do the math and I figure out how old he is and I figure out how old I am, I realize there is a high likelihood uh, I could have easily have either been friends with him or had him try to beat me up. Uh, those are very real possibilities because brown people never get along. Uh, <laughs> the Dustin Kimura and Chico Camus, the Kimura as a last name. I great, did, great last. It's name. a great last name, but do you believe it? Do you do you think that actually is true? Oh, you're saying he fabricated Kimura's last name? I can't prove it. It sounds okay, like just an action star kind of moment. Detective Raff is on the. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Did he finish him by Kimura? Let's uh, say that. Hey, challenge to him. Mm-hmm. He finishes four opponents by Kimura. He can keep the last name questions free. You know, the stupidest part about this is uh, Goldie had a moment where he looked at Joe Rogan and he goes, you know, Joe, it's like we've always said, maybe you can finish and choke out someone by a Kimura. And then he points to him and Joe just is like, (laughs) Joe is just at this point facting him out. He's like, well, actually, no. And, And Goldie's just like, no, it's a joke. Aren't you proud of me? 
<laughs> Joe, you have to agree. That was pretty funny. No, no, it wasn't that. Nice black shirt. Thank you. Okay. Um, All right. Any? Uh, yeah. So you didn't see any of the prelims, so we're just going to bypass that no. because uh, FX got our time this week on the Ultimate Fighter, right? Yeah. All right. So the first fight of the night was a flyweight between Joseph Benvenides, which I believe is Spanish for hello and goodbye, uh, <laughs> who defeated Ian McCall. What do you have to say about that fight? Well, Ian McCall looked disappointed in the decision, and it could have gone either way. And I don't. I think you would have gotten the exact same reaction from either of them. Uh, first of all, are you sitting down? Yeah. It was another flyweight fight that went the distance. <laughs> I couldn't believe my eyes. <laughs> By the fourth round, when they were still up there swinging, I was shocked. I'm just, sorry, sarcasm hand is raised. I'm waiting for a flyweight fight to finish. Like, to end before the time elapses would be really nice. I hope Uh, that you die by the hands of a flyweight. Don't worry, I probably will. Excellent. Knowing knowing the way irony in my life (laughs) goes. So, McCall didn't do enough to push the action. I thought McCall was... uh, you know, clearly just superior fighter, but didn't look like he cared. No, a quick side note. If you saw any of the behind-the-scenes stuff leading into this, McCall just got divorced. Mm. Like, he literally just got kicked out of his house. So the most recent video, it looked like he had been kidnapped by Al-Qaeda. He's, like, <laughs> sitting at this YouTube video. He's just like, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of personal stuff going on in my life. <laughs> And it's already hard to take him seriously because of the mustache. Yeah. And he's like, you know, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to get into details. But he was saying it like he clearly did want to get into details, <laughs> and then did. By the way, it was only a three minute video, and he must have started with, I don't want to talk about it. So just got divorced. Daughter's living with his mother. He didn't care to explain that. So he was like, I'm just ready for this fight to be over. And it kind of looked like knowing all that, I was just like, oh god, it looks like he's fighting with all of that baggage. Hanging around his tattooed torso. And this is Uncle um, Creepy, right? Uncle Creepy. That's, uh, and, that's pretty but sad. not as bad as his nickname. Yeah, yeah, Uncle Creepy. Uh, my favorite tweet was Uncle Creepy needs to Uncle Duck because Benavidez was just uh, was just taking him on, just giving him a little too much punching, and it was a boring fight. It, it, it just nothing crazy and sure. Benavidez now here's my wins. question, and I'm looking at this from removed, of course, but on here it says decision unanimous. And all three of the judges had it 29-28. Did Uncle Creepy have a round that he looked at least uh, good enough to merit that? Or what do you think? Yeah, in the second round he had a takedown. And that <laughs> okay. was the big thing. That was really it. Yeah. It was it, – and UFC fans, we're going to get into this later. This was a fight where you kind of looked like McCall had maybe inflicted a little more damage because he had made Benavidez bleed. Mm-hmm. And that was the highlight of the fight. He just split his forehead open. Honestly, you could have talked me into 29-28 fine. You could have also talked me into 29-28 and then the same counter for McCall. Because it was just, it was close. Benavidez just landed more strikes. Okay. That was all it was. Uh, First, second, third round, not really much on the ground. Just exchange, strike, get away from each other. Here's my question. Uh, How do you think the flyweights become more exciting if this is your beef? I honestly don't know because again the fans didn't weren't responding either, right? Like the Vegas crowd's just like, ugh, <laughs> this is boring. I, I don't know. They need to fight on the ground more. Like they need to ex, just experiment with some things. They need to I don't experiment have an answer. with some. Things. Maybe maybe they shouldn't. They just shouldn't be. I, I'm fine with them being an undercard fight. I'm okay with that. So let me say that. So there's not much you can do because you know they are still fighting and. 
The 135ers deserve their day, too. It's just uh, kind of a boring fight. Tell you what, I'm going to let you uh, stew on that one, and we'll, we'll come back to that. It's not good. We're going to have a lot to talk about over the 135-pound division for a long time to come. Fair enough. All right. How, oh, man. This this result doesn't look good for you. I, I didn't. Damian yeah. Maya versus Finch. Oh, no, this one's uh, deceiving. Okay. So if you're a jiu-jitsu fan, which you and I happen to be. Yes. You're going to like this fight. You're going to like what happened. Finch is a world-class wrestler. Uh, known for his grappling, known for his uh, toughness, known for, you know, not really getting thrown around. Maya is a two-time jiu-jitsu world champion, and he just took his back. Yeah. I'd say he, they made it about a minute into the first round, and every round was just a carbon copy of the other round. Okay. So I'm going to describe the first round, and then you'll know what happened. Um, Damian Maya just took his back, took him down to the ground, controlled him. Fitch couldn't do anything. And there was a lot of booing on this fight, though I don't think there should have been, because from a jiu-jitsu perspective, he was very close to finishing the fight. Just, man, his uh, jiu-jitsu is on a different level. Oh, the yeah. way he just took Fitch down. And then he just kept punching him in the face from around and finding his spaces, and that was it. So it was really just he controlled him for every second of the fight. But here's the thing. Don't you have a giant man crush on John Fitch? We're both beardsmen. I, yeah, but I hadn't really put much uh, stock into the Damian Maya era, and now I was I was totally on board. Because if you understand a little bit more about jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu, <laughs> a little bit more about jiu-jitsu and fighting. It's jiu-jitsu. really funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got to stop drinking. So if you do, it was one of those things where, and this is, I think most fighters, even Finch would be like, yeah, it's embarrassing. I couldn't do anything. Like, there was nothing he could do to stop Maya's will. Maya wanted to take his back? No problem. Maya wanted to take him down? Maya took him down, like, six times. It was ridiculous. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've always been a big fan. Uh, It's been one of those things where uh, I always root for the jiu-jitsu guy. It's just what I do. And it's one of those things where he is widely regarded as one of the top-tier jiu-jitsu guys. Just in the nation right has now. Has to be. You know? Jeez. Yeah, he is fierce. That's good. I've just never seen someone take someone's back that quickly. And then he just, you know, put him in a body triangle, punched him, controlled him. And that was it. That was the fight. What stopped him and from you finishing it, If though? you can't get out of that. Uh, Finch just being a world... I think 95% of fighters are going to get tapped out in that situation. Finch had him on his back the entire time. Like Finch had to have been frustrated, but he just couldn't get couldn't choke him out. Okay, all right, that was pretty Even much it. I'm, and when you're on someone's back, there's not a ton of options. So I mean, the phrasing of that made it seem like Finch was beating up Finch, but yes, uh, I think I get it. You're saying uh, dude. Finch had him on his back, like he was on Finch's back. There it is. Okay, uh, cool. Uh, but this one, I'm actually excited to hear your week telling for because <laughs> I illegally, uh, legally. Uh, saw the the knockout via GIF form and uh, a very shitty YouTube video. But go ahead and describe what happened between Bigfoot and Reem. Happy to. So this had one of those, this is why you love MMA. This is a classic fight that's not very interesting. Both fighters feel each other out for the first round. Overeem lands some punches. Overeem's really more talking to the crowd than he's fighting his opponent for that first round. Like, he's, like, giving the gun show and, you know, uh, enjoying his 15 minutes in the limelight. I say 15 because it ended in round three. Uh, So 13 and a half minutes. Uh, 
nothing much to report in those first two rounds. It really looked like it was on its way to being just kind of a boring fight. Nothing too exciting, which you want more out of your big guys. Uh, and they are both huge human beings, yeah. by the way. If I ever... God forbid I ever become homeless. I'm going to go live underneath Bigfoot's eye. He's got <laughs> enough space in that dome that there's uh, plenty of cover. You know, it's funny. All of a sudden. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, all of a sudden it turns and uh, Overeem, who's been landing punches, kind of winning the fight. Boy, Silva just lands a hook up there and knocks him out. And you could tell he's dazed and then just went to town on Overeem's face. I got to tell you. There was. It, Go ahead. That looked amazingly awesome. From the the clip of the finish that I saw, just mm-hmm. the amount of strikes that uh, Silva was getting in there, and I guess it was because in my brain, uh, Reem is just such a giant beast that you also forget how you know big Bigfoot is. But sure. then you minus the roids, and that always throws like a question mark into the equation. I agree wholeheartedly. But roids are not. Yeah. And this is, if you just looked at like Bigfoot's arms, he looks just like a bigger version of a human being versus Overeem looks like a normal human being that clearly has been puffed up with some with some lance enhancements. But let's also review, what I th- do you remember when Overeem used to be a tiny guy? Yes, yes, that's what I was explaining. I was uh, I was trying to explain that he used to be He's climbed the ranks fight-wise, right? Like, yeah. when it comes to the weight classes. Yeah. And uh, people around me were just like, wait, what? That human being? Yeah, it's like, yes, like Barry Bond's head. He <laughs> was once upon a time a normal-sized thing yep. that's just slowly gotten bigger. I think that anytime someone speaks about Overeem, they should be required to have a visual aid. Like, ready <laughs> on their phone, being like, okay, now you see that guy up there? Okay, I'm going to flip to this other picture. Yep, that was him. <laughs> that's what he looked like at one time. And then the next one can be him asleep against the cage as Bigfoot oh. Silva just rains yeah. down yeah. the apocalypse on his face. Knocked him out standing there. Your, he was, uh, And then finally he just fell. Your iTunes <laughs> slideshow is going to be quite exciting to watch. I hope you put one together for a ream. <laughs> I would like to. Well, that's uh, good. He... So, and this is what I like about this fight. So before Overeem walked in, you know how they always like get Vaseline on their face yeah. to make it a little slippery so the punches don't stick quite as hard? He was ready to go in, no Vaseline. Wow. I I assume that was something he learned in prison. Huh. All right. You did your own <laughs> rim shot? Obviously. You're not going to do it. No. Uh, the the cool part was that uh, Bigfoot yelled at him afterwards, just started doing the, ah, as Herb Dean, Herb Dean needed, like, assistance backing that guy up. Like, Bigfoot Silva was not going, he was going to have his second where he just yelled it over him. Now, it was good. I find this confusing because after the fights at the presser, uh, Bigfoot was nothing but complimentary to him, and I, I'm pretty sure I'm quoting this right, but said, now Overeem is my friend. Yeah, well, you know how fighters are. I guess, I just didn't see him yell at him in some weird giant language. Oh, God, anyone that watched the fights did. Everyone else knows what I'm talking about, because it was the scariest m- moment of television I've ever seen. <laughs> 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 Not a place for an 80-foot screen. It, his face was just it 
I could see it last night when I went to sleep. I can't not see it. It's just everywhere. That's a life you lead now, huh? Uh, okay, now... Some things you I, can't unsee. I don't really uh, want to hear about this one. Uh, just I was, I heard I'm not even going to talk about it. Yeah. I've got 30... I'll give you 20 seconds. Okay. Talk to me. Andrew, Andrew, who, if you haven't listened to the show, Andrew Correa is my instructor. He's also just... Uh, we bounce ideas off him for the audience listening. We bounce referee questions. Mm. Uh, he tweeted, I really wish there was a stat that showed how much, he was being sarcastic, how much fighters move to the side and back to the other side without throwing any punches. Because that would be a cool statistic you know to understand. Funny. I think he's actually onto something. I didn't even have to see the fight to know Rashad, and that's how he usually fights. Like, yeah, it, I've seen it was awful. him enough. It was awful. There was a moment when Nogueira, the most exciting point of this fight is when Nogueira accidentally gets poked in the eye by Evans. I say it's the most exciting because it's the only time we didn't know what was going on. Uh, otherwise, they both looked like they came into the octagon prepared to let the other one initiate contact. Mm-hmm. Well, when two guys come in with that strategy, uh, well, nothing happens. <laughs> so they kept talking about how they box and things. But my favorite was, and this is way more in- so done talking about the fight, boring from start to finish, Read the decision, and it'll be the best 15 minutes you ever save your life. There was a good Rogan moment. Now, this started a few months ago when we started the podcast. He did this, like, 15-minute infomercial on Thai jockstraps that are more like a thong, I guess. Either way, he was doing it, like, during the GSP condit fight, and it was really weird. And you gotta ask Joe about that, because weird. Yes, obviously. Yeah, we don't don't speak for for the jogies. And all of a sudden, he just goes into this. He's like, "How many guys are going to get have to have to get poked in the eye before we rethink these gloves, these MMA gloves?" And it was just like it came out of nowhere. This political point, and I don't know what other gloves you would use for submissions and things. Yeah. But he was just—he felt very passionate that these fingerless gloves are not the way to Hasn't go. His, his note been that they should just be lighter and uh, a little bit more accessible, just on the way that they make them. I don't know. In my brain, I'd like to think that they should host a fake city hall that Joe Rogan can go to and complain as a citizen. Joe Rogan holds fake city halls all the time that he goes and complains at. Oh, I'm sure. oh. I, I have to imagine. Shit, right? I didn't know yeah. that. Well, good for him, man. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, I mean, I heard it was, it was spectacularly boring. Uh, you know, Dana White, after in the presser, said that Rashad Love Evans looked the worst he's ever seen him look. Would you agree with that assessment? Uh, I would have to. Uh, I would have to agree. He just uh, didn't push the action. Had to know he was losing and didn't push the action. Now, I guess the other note that they said was Rashad losing also opens the door for Chris Weidman to take on Anderson Silva. Fine. Uh, Somebody said something about... I don't know why Rashad would be facing Anderson Silva unless he's... Dropping a weight class? Is that what he's doing? I guess they were just trying to figure out something fun for Anderson Silva to do. I think the <laughs> idea is you can well, essentially you know, plug in Anderson a, Silva. Send him on a world trip or get him to you know what? soccer or something. What if they put Anderson Silva against the flyweights? Would you be interested in Fuck yes. Let's see how many he can knock out over the course of a 25-minute <laughs> fight. I would watch the <laughs> shit out of that. Anderson Silva, they just open up a cage and they run in like they're part of the law <laughs> one by one. And uh, Anderson Silva has five minutes to knock about. It's like a carnival game. 
it's, what it is. It's what you wanted to happen in Willy Wonka and the <laughs> Chocolate Factory. It's just Anderson Silva <laughs> walking around beating the life out of these little people. Uh, good so stuff. Stupid. Good stuff. <laughs> all right. All right. Now talk to me about this main fight because I got texts about this all night, all widely all over the place. I had one person tell me, uh, my buddy, Rafa Augustine, who should be listening. If he's not, I'm going to come kill him. But Rafa texted me and said, hey, man, are you watching his fight? I said, no, I'm not. He goes, do me a favor. I don't care if you watch it tomorrow or if it's in two months or a year. After you watch it, text me about it. Why do I need to text him about it? <laughs> yeah. Tell me. This one ended with some controversy. And I think that's because UFC fans are stupid. Let me explain the fight first. Oh, okay. Well, if it's that simple, great. Yeah, before I insult millions of fans around the world. Um, so and our listeners, you not idiot. millions. I'm sure half agree with me. Aldo right. versus Edgar. You've got your classic striking. Just Aldo's a dangerous striker, no question, mm-hmm. right? You've seen what he can do to people, and that's what he did in those first two rounds. He he just made Edgar look slow. Um, he hit his knee maybe three or four times. He did that leg kick, and mm-hmm. Edgar's knee was purple, like visibly purple. It tripped him a few times. Like, he knocked him clear to the ground with leg kicks. If uh, And it just... Some of the harsher leg kicks I've ever seen. Harsher strikes. So, for two and a half rounds, Edgar just looks like he's getting pummeled. And then, all of a sudden, that third round hits. And this is no secret. Edgar can fight for probably 10 or 12 rounds, right? His cardio's unparalleled. Yeah. And that's what happened. So, Aldo got a little tired. Aldo couldn't knock him out. Edgar's hard to finish, and Edgar gets a takedown in that fourth round that really started to stem the tie of, well, maybe maybe some of these rounds are going. And people stopped judging it from a fight perspective and just started to try and judge it by round, which is where exactly. that's what I mean when I say UFC fans are stupid. Because sometimes they're like, oh, my God, just because he might have won more rounds, he clearly got beat up. Well, this is one of those situations. You could say maybe Edgar won that third round, maybe but for every three or four strikes he landed, Aldo landed one that just, just picture and picture them. By by round four and five, Aldo's a little, he's breathing heavy, but he's still landing vicious strikes that almost take uh, Edgar down. And Edgar's just, uh, he's pushing the action, he's getting the better of him on some exchanges, and they're, they're kind of going toe-to-toe. Did Edgar win the fight? Absolutely not. He just didn't. If you look at him, like, Edgar's bleeding. His face is puffy. He can't see out of his left eye. His leg is just dangling there. And he looked like he got beat up. Aldo looked like he got tired. And that was it. Like, he he looked like, you know, your mother used to after, like, a strong jazzercise class. You know, which is to say, huffy, but not like he had just gotten in a street fight. So... I'm asking you. I don't know fans, what jazzercise class your mom went to. Yours usually came out looking like it was a street fight. Oh yeah, <laughs> mom was a scrapper. She's a jazzercise fight club. God, I uh, talk about another thing. I would watch this shit out of. How does TLC not have yep. that as a reality show? Trademarking it. Your I'm, well. I'm throwing that to our friends over at Spike. There it is. Spike's listening, just taking feverish notes every time we talk. I know. Hey, bro, you put on that verbal tap cast? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Solid Let's take all their ideas, ideas and make it a half hour. There we'll put it, it on after Joe Show Snow. We'll call it 2,000 Ways uh, to Live. Does that 
So this fight, <laughs> this fight ends, and um, people were pretty torn up about it. But I, I ask you to just look at the pictures of them. Just look at the pictures okay. of them side by side, and you'll be like, "Oh my god, Edgar looks like he lost a fight," and that's how they judged it. <laughs> I'm so glad that you you present that like <laughs> someone in court. I ask, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, to look at exhibits A through D of these photos of Frankie Edgar, and you tell me who won this fight. That's all I ask. No, he clearly it was a vicious beating. It was a pretty vicious beating. Now that said, I, I'd love to see a rematch, and I think both guys know that's coming. Excellent. Yeah, I, so you'll get you know, to see. The I would fight like again. to see the rematch so I could see it for the first time. That'd be great. <laughs> So, all in all, the Fox fights have been better. The Bellator fights really? have been better. These fights were just... Rashad and Noguera, I'm sure Dana's going to have a conversation with both of them because they drug the card down. Overeem gets knocked out in round three. Otherwise, it was a boring fight. Um, Maya, you can't really fault him, and I think it was more of an exciting fight, but not from the lay viewer's perspective. Okay. Uh, if you don't know anything about jiu-jitsu, like, you just were like, what's he doing? Oh, my God. And uh, the first fight was also, <laughs> you know, just not all that action-packed. Nothing the, – the last fight was memorable, so it's going to save a lot of it. It was like the GSP Condit card. Very similar. Okay. Moments of redeemable, but um, we can certainly move on to our next topic. We just want to thank That's you. That's right. Before thank you to- we uh- – continue to insult every single one of the, our listeners, whether they don't know anything about jiu-jitsu or about how to score a round. Well, most of them, I would imagine, will agree with me that if you're just looking at it from a perspective of who got beat up, Edgar got beat up. People just wanted Edgar. We like him. He's got heart. Oh, that's a great moment. Actually, another Rogan Goldie moment. So was. Rogan's talking about how, and let me just say, Frankie Edgar's one of my favorite fighters. I love watching him fight because, yeah, man, he just has a different gear. So they're talking yeah. about, they're like, you can't, you really, you just can't measure his heart. It's it's just so much. And <laughs> Joe Rogan's saying that. He's talking about how, you know, he just really cares so much and he puts it all out there. And Goldie goes, well, Edgar's heart, you would you would say, is immeasurable. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes, you would. That's what he just fucking said. He just said you can't measure it. It's immeasurable. And it was almost like, does Goldie not know what Rogan means most of the time? Considering how much they've worked together, is it possible that he just doesn't get it? So you're saying that the word flammable and inflammable means the <laughs> same thing, right, Joe? It's uh, also kind of like Joe started wearing the... You think... Joe started wearing the black shirt, and that's when Goldie did it. And Joe's just like, ah, damn it. I t- Maybe everything. Goldie looks up to Joe like he's the older brother of the pair. Sure. And just wants him to say he's cool. Well, hopefully. So, don't mean to insult a lot of the people out there, because people were just like, you had to give Edgar three rounds. No, you didn't. No, you did absolutely that did that not. Up. Yeah, you just—it's you, hard to say he won more than he might have won one round. He might have won two rounds, but he did not win that fight. And which would you rather have? If I'm pummeling someone for the first two rounds, or let's just say Unlikely. something more, yeah, let's go more realistically. Um, Aldo's just pummeling someone, and then the last three rounds, he kind of gets taken down. He runs out of steam. It's like no, those aren't the same. Like you can't just compare each round as though they're their own separate fight. You have to consider the whole product. So people just, you know, look at that is all I'm asking. Um, Fair enough. 
And I consider myself part of the UFC fans that are stupid. So I was talking about me, and I was certainly talking about you. Uh, though hard to call someone know a what fan kind of when they we're providing for you right now. It's I was about to insult you for not being uh, able to watch because uh, well, it makes me happy. So well, I don't know. I, I, it looks like you're watching for the both of us when you start going after the UFC fans and then saying <laughs> like, "But I guess I'm going after myself because I hate me." All of the above. <laughs> What's going on over at Co-Main Event Podcast? We, we called them out last week. We don't think there are, you know, we're saying we're, we would take them in a head-to-head podcast octagon match. That's right. Uh, and they're, uh, they're and retweeting us out of, I would guess, out of fear. They're retweeting our... I don't know. I, I can only suppose so, because I'll tell you this much. Uh, I don't know where they're at. We put out an extended, an open invitation yeah. for them to be our rival podcast. Chad. And then they befriended us. Which, to a normal person, would sound confusing, but I'm completely on it. They're trying to out-nice us. And you know what? No one out-nices us. Not gonna happen. That's right. So, I will out-nice the shit out of them. Mm -hmm. Like, starting off by saying, Hey, Co-Main Event Podcast, your website is well-designed. We love the way you comment on fights. It's almost as good as our jokes. That's right. And you deserve more followers on Twitter, even though we have more followers than you on Twitter. But that's not the point. We're just trying to tell you that you do a moderately good job. No one out nices us. Uh, We were on their website, and they have a contact us, so join us next show. Uh, Raph had the great idea. We are going to compose a letter to them, essentially asking them if they're still looking for a rival. So... If you want to hear more about what's going on in the next stage of this, uh, whew, it's a clash of the titans, is I guess what it is. You uh, tune in next week. So did you see Cage Potato listed their uh, top ten fighters? I'm sorry, Yahoo Sports listed their top ten <laughs> MMA pound for pound rankings. I did not, but <laughs> I just love. Did you see Yahoo Cage uh, co-main Shit. event? Yeah, you suck. Uh, Cage Yahoo. Uh, Bing did a whole <laughs> thing where they... No, here it is. So, Bing. number one, Anderson Silva. Number two, John Jones. Number three, George St. Pierre. Sure, sure, and sure. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice if we could figure out a way to settle that. Uh, next, you have Jose Aldo, Benson Henderson, Kane Velasquez, Demetrius Johnson, Frankie Edgar, Gilbert Melendez, and Raynan Burrow. Pretty... There's sound good pretty good. good in there. Yeah, um, Gilbert Melendez is the one that shocked me at number yeah. nine. You know what's funny is it is tough to look at for two reasons, especially in my case, looking at someone like Jose Aldo on that list, especially the day after a fight, and especially <laughs> the day after you fight you didn't see. Yeah, that would be tough. Well, he and Frankie Edgar are on there, and I think rightfully so. Mm-hmm. I think they both should be. Yeah. So... Look at that if you haven't seen it. Let us know on Twitter uh, if you agree, <laughs> Although disagree. we just spoiled it for anybody who wanted to read it. Oh, so yeah. if you want to read the Major reasoning and justification, well, I don't whatever. think but anyone's like going to be that news, shocked. Just get it from us. <laughs> I would like to hear someone, you know, let us know. Uh, if they, if anyone has a big disagreement with that list, they should tweet us. Verbal Tapcast at Twitter. Um, this next one is kind of fun. Randy Couture is going to help out with a Bellator MMA reality show. 
So that's cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And we have uh, going off that a segment called Dana White acts like a narco terrorist. Raf, would you like to elaborate on that? Yeah, so I guess uh, Randy Couture and Dana White didn't end on the best of terms. Uh, they there are multiple stories. I guess at the presser this week, uh, going into the fights, Dana White was saying how he and Randy Couture had a giant disagreement, and how he's great that he's not doing business with him anymore. Because although Randy Couture acts like Captain America in front of the audience, behind the scenes, he's really a dick. And at one point, Dana White even brought up the fact that, like, Randy Couture and his wife dropped off his baby, like, their new baby at Dana White's house to look after him as a way of showing what a good guy Dana White is. And also, at the same point, how conflicted uh, the reports are about Randy Couture not liking him. So it's a very confusing story. I didn't really know what to take away from it until I realized Dana White says it's okay for Randy's other son, I believe Ryan, to be participating in the UFC. He says he has no problem, except Dana says that Randy can no longer buy a ticket to come catch a UFC fight or corner anybody in there, which leads me to believe Dana White may be using mob-like mentality, uh, which is you don't just go after the person, you go after their family. So I think Dana White is keeping Ryan Couture closer to him so that he can use him for bait and hostage. So I don't know how anybody else feels about that, but I'd be terrified (laughs) if I were to just hear like, oh yeah, you're not allowed to come, but I've got your son in a sport where you can get head injuries. (laughs) Guess what, Ryan Couture? You're fighting Anderson Silva next week. Congrats. It's the weirdest. I, I... I don't know what their relationship is. I just do know that Dana does not have a good track record. He takes his shit really personally when people go fight at different places. I don't I don't necessarily know why, but he does. It's just, like I said, it's confusing because you don't know what he means until the point where Dana White said, I guess the last thing that broke off was there was some sort of contract right before Christmas and that they haven't talked to each other since. So can you imagine Dana White at Christmas, like, supposed to be a joyous time with his like family and then looking at them and going randy hasn't texted me back what a dick christmas is canceled everybody i don't know screw this i'm done (laughs) (laughs) kids santa didn't come this year because ryan couture is a dick oh god i'm sorry no i'm with you i i just he annoys me with that shit you know he does i i like the report though it is super personal, and I, I don't. It's a weird place for us to be as fight ha- fans because not only is he hijacking the sun, but I feel like all of us are being held hostage when these things go on because I don't have any beef with Randy Couture. Me and sure, he could be a dick behind the scenes. Who cares? But most of the time, you find that most people are being dicks over money. Yeah. Which... And what I believe they're entitled to. So I, that's where it gets a little tricky when you see how much the UFC is paying their fighters. So I think that's probably the biggest prime source of all this. Completely agreed. In any sense, hopefully, you know, they get that. Uh, well, I don't care, actually, if they get that solved or not. Hopefully, uh, Dana, it's like, Dana, you're a businessman. <laughs> Just be a businessman. How's that? Yeah. So uh, we would like to, this is a great moment to ask for people to please leave us ratings on iTunes. If you are an iTunes listener, we don't have a ton of way of knowing if you're out there. So please... Drop us a little, just a star value, and just put something like awesome, uh, great, 
Raf's mediocre. All of those comments are completely acceptable. Don't have to... We'll even listen to comments like, listen to it. Hey! I like it that. It exists. <laughs> Verbal tap, comma, an actual thing would be perfectly acceptable. It was 45 minutes. Like, we'll take those. That's right. fine. That's true. It was 45 minutes, so please... You uh, are correct. Keep an eye out that. Some shout-outs. Boy, Rob's listening again. Rob's another guy I train with that's, uh, you know, he's uh, a little older than me in the jiu-jitsu realm and helps out, taught me some good sweeps. Uh, my buddy, job, John Corbett, who's over in Afghanistan, where, uh, yeah, he's in the Army, doing a little uh, serving <laughs> out there. John's one of those guys that, when he comes back, I would be really interested to see if he becomes an ultimate fighter, because he's just one of those guys that was always bigger and meaner. And in a really terrifying way. I've seen him win fights in awesome, high school. John. It's dangerous. So. If you become an ultimate fighter, we will... Uh, Exclusive rights. We don't make fun of you, but we probably will on the podcast. But yeah. no, it's from a good place. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's a good sense of humor. So hopefully things are going out there, going well out there in Afghanistan. we got to get some fights out there. Uh, UFC yeah. 298, Kabul. Looking forward to it. Um, Andrew over at... We already talked about it, Andrew Correa, over uh, at BJJ Finder. If you're out there in the jiu-jitsu community, MMA community, log on to BJJ Finder. Find local gyms and good places. He's also, this is a little tease for the Verbal Tap Army out there, maybe helping us with some new website modifications, a little facelift to our, our MMA stuff. Raph, do you have any shout-outs? Mm-hmm. You got a bartender that wouldn't turn the fight on last night that you'd like to have people send angry tweets <laughs> nah, to? Nah, nah, I'm not going <laughs> to put anybody on blast. You know, this was good therapy for me. I feel I feel much better about myself now. So, uh, no, I'm in a good place. Let's uh, let's continue the uh, thanks to Andrew. We uh, The tease for the website, it'll be cool. We've got some uh, things kind of uh, down the pipeline that Kevin and I are working on once we can, you know, put it into action, I guess. Mm-hmm. But... Always good for you guys, so we're excited to be doing that soon. Uh, I want to do a quick shout-out to one of our Twitter listeners, Countermove. Countermove is a mixed martial arts fantasy website. Uh, It says it's like fantasy football for MMA. Pick your uh, winners now. You win cash with your predictions. That's pretty cool, I guess. It is. I actually logged on and looked at it. I'm going to start. Did you? Yeah, I'm really interested in it. I love fantasy football. They just retweeted where you lived. uh, (laughs) I They retweeted. Uh, your uh, your picture of uh, where the magic happens here for uh, the podcast on your side of the world. Yeah, listen. So we want to say, wanna see where we record this. Check that out. Yeah. Uh, if you want to know where to rob Kevin, look at that photo. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like uh, I think they're they're good folks. They've retweeted us a few times. We've been in contact with them just on uh, the Twitter and whatnot. They're good people. And of course, Valley Martial Arts uh, Center out in North Hollywood. Great place. Can't stop plugging it because they would probably hurt me more out there. Yeah, he's exposed. But they're good people. All right. Next Sunday, you all can tune on to Twitter while we uh, record this, and you can't listen in live, sadly. Um, But if you listen on iTunes, leave us ratings. Maybe someday we will be able to do live shows. That would be awesome. Another podcast. Yeah, we don't have an event coming up this weekend, so we're just going to get together, review tough, and talk about the upcoming event. Uh, That's all for us over here at Verbal Tap. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight.